Let us begin. Um, just give me one minute. Just get to figure out how to record this. Avrami, Avrami, can you run right now to the printer and get me what is printing? This second, quickly. Okay, so <clears throat> we find ourselves in this interesting situation where we don't have our usual we can't daven in shul, we don't have a minion, and we don't have the things that usually give us the inspiration and life when we're davening. A lot of, we, we rely a lot when we're davening on having the whole tzibur with, that, with us, davening b'kavana, davening with the fire, listening to the noise. Thank you, everyone. And... Um, We don't have a, a Kaddish to answer Yehoshimei Rabbah loudly to. We don't have Kedusha to recite and sing to Hashem during davening. And it's, it's very hard. It's harder in a way to find that inspiration that we're so used to in tefillah. But davening at home has its advantages as well. We aren't tied down to a specific pace or time. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that. And we can daven as long or as short as we like. Whatever works better for our kavana. The quiet setting, assuming you have a quiet setting, assuming you achieve a quiet setting, can assist greatly in concentration. We can feel the presence of Hashem around us when we're alone at home in a way that sometimes we don't feel it when we're davening in shul. So, well, we have to try, and we have to put our minds to that and, and, and focus. It's a whole different situation, and it really it's an opportunity Clearly, Hashem wants this kind of tefillah. He, he put us in this situation. So let's make it special. Let's make it unique. The more we can inspire ourselves, put some fire and life in our tefillah, we're capitalizing uh, on a historic moment that hasn't happened before. And Hashem wants something special now. So let's try to make the most of it. And let's try to find a way to inspire ourselves. Let's daven loudly. Let's try to get our family involved if we can. And let's do what we can to make our tefillah as real and as exciting and as full as life as we possibly can. So let's, let's now go to the halacha and try to address the various different things that come up. It's funny, I was called yesterday, two days ago, with a halacha shaila about davening and the baby's diapers. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it's funny because I've given this shear to the women's conference call before. And that's generally who it's relevant to, for the most part. And now it's, uh, it's relevant for all of us, you know, how to, to, to deal with children around and etc. while you're diving. So let's, let's go through a couple of things, three things I want to try to clarify. Number one, 
I want to talk all about Zman Tefillah, which is very important when we don't have set times to daven in shul. We have to know how to navigate the rest of our day around the Zman Tefillah. Um, number two, I want to talk about Makam Tefillah, where you should daven and you know what are the halachas of that place in order to enable you to daven. And three, I want to talk about Nusach HaTfilah, which are which are the things we still say, even though we're biachidas, even though we're alone, and which are the things we skip. So let's start with Zman Tefillah. It's important to be careful about Zmane Kriyashma and Tfilo when we're home, obviously, but it's, it's harder. It's harder because we don't have our special Zman that we go to David and Shul with a minion, and it's very easy to forget or find yourself a few minutes before or after the Zman when you realize, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, I missed, I missed the Zman. Now, here's a, a few points about Kriyashma in the morning. On a regular weekday, it's very important to say Kriyashma with your Tfilin on. So even if for whatever reason you are starting to daven late and you need to say Kriyashma in order to make Zman Kriyashma, see to it that you put on your tefillin first, obviously if there's time. But if there is time, put on your tefillin first before you say Kriyashma because it is a halacha. You can't be made edis sheker ba'atzmeh. That means you can't say Kriyashma where in Kriyashma you say that we do the mitzvah of tefillin and you yourself are not wearing tefillin, that's not considered respectful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's made Eid Shekhar Ba'atzma, you're testifying falsely against yourself. So it's important to remember, put on tefillin before you say Kriyashma, even if you're saying Kriyashma before davening, just to, to make the Zman. Zman Kriyashma is for all three parashiyas, because the third parasha of Ayoimer is the mitzvah of Zechira Sitzis Mitzrayim, which we just talked about in the Haggadah. And that also is, needs to be recited before Zman Kriyashma. Now, essentially, Zman Kriyashma is not only for Kriyashma alone. It's also for Birchas Kriyashma. Now, there's a big mechoikis about this. And in Halacha, we don't pass and we hold that you can say Birchas Kriyashma until the end of Zman Tefillah. But there are many Paiskim that hold that Birchas Kriyashma also need to be said within Zman Kriyashma. That means Yotzer Ar, Avarabba, and up till Gal Yisrael, up till Shman Esri. All that should be said within Zman Kriyashma. So I'm just trying to say, obviously, if it's late, it's late. But if you're going to do other things first, keep that in mind that that's not the way things should be done. Rather, time it so that you can say all the Birchas Kriyashma and you can get up to Shman Esri before Zman Kriyashma is over. Now, what happens if it's already past Zman Tefillah, right? And I'm talking about not Chatzos. I mean, Zman Tefillah, four hours, and whatever reason is, you didn't get to Davin until then, and you said Kriyashma earlier, or you didn't. Either way, well, you said Kriyashma earlier, but now it's after Zman Tefillah. Can you still say Birchas Kriyashma, Yoytzer Ar, and etc.? So really, Halacha, you look in Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch says you cannot. You can say Yoytzer Ar, if it's a Brachla Vatala, if you say it after Zman Tefillah. Even though it's before Chatzais, and you could daven Shmona Esrei up till Chatzais. But after Zman Tefillah, which is four Shoya Zmanias, so it's about an hour now, this time of year, about an hour after when Zman Kriyashma ends. So Zman Kriyashma is, uh, I believe, 940 is the Gra. So about an hour later or so is, uh, is the Zman Tefillah. So after, after 1140, you. According to what it says in Shulchan Aruch, you can't say Birchus Kriyashma anymore. Now, Mishabura says in Bir Alacha, not in Mishabura, Bir Alacha, he says that if it's an Aynas and you didn't have then there are Paiskim you can rely on to say um, Birchus Kriyashma. But obviously, um, one should avoid that as much as possible. And uh, if you're stuck, you're stuck. But you should very much see to it that you get to say uh, Birchus Kriyashma before Zman Tfilah, even if you miss Zman Kriyashma. 
see to it that you get it to it before Zman Tefillah. Now, is that the same for women? So women definitely are more makele with that. Are you know typically that, and if it doesn't come out, out they they are able to daven until chatzais. But it's important to realize that a woman also should schedule her day in that way. If you're busy all morning, you're busy all morning. There's nothing to do, but that's an nice. But if you're not, and you choose choosing when to daven, uh, definitely see to it to daven before it's mantvila, krishma, so that you you don't run into this problem. That's uh, definitely a good point. Is, is taking care of the kids so your wife can sleep and honest? Uh, if you, uh, essentially that's a, a form of Inus, you've become, uh, you know, in, in the place of what what, what, what your wife usually does. Uh, uh, to, to a certain extent, but again, it's it's. Uh, I think everybody wants that you should do mitzvah kalacha and you should do the mitzvah kedin. So that's uh, that should take priority. Uh, moving on to uh, mincha. So davening mincha. Now there, here's where things get very. Um, become much more difficult when you're at home because there's a very specific halacha of davening mincha that you can't do anything before you daven mincha. But we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's talk about the zman itself and then we'll talk about what you can start doing and not doing by the zman. When is the zman mincha? Zman mincha begins from a half hour after chatzais. So chatzais is, I didn't check, but about one one ten these days. And uh, from a half hour afterwards, and there's a machlekes, whether it means exactly 30 minutes or it means a shoyzmani is dig a half hour, which would mean it would be, could be a little bit more than that, 35 minutes uh, at the very most. So from usually at, let's say, 145, you're usually in the clear, 146, and that's when you can start davening mincha. You can daven mincha up till uh, shkia. That's ideally mincha should be daven before shkia. If you miss shkia for whatever reason, this is not specifically relevant when you're alone, but it's always relevant. If you miss shkia, you could continue to daven. Mishabur does allow you to daven about, in, over here in Silver Spring, it'll be about 10, 15 minutes after shkia. You can still daven mincha, and uh, that's what you should do. But the Abbot, if you missed shkia, you can continue to daven. Um, now, in shul, we, in many, oh, as many shuls do here, we daven the mincha ma'ariv together, meaning you daven mincha right before shkia and ma'ariv after shkia. It's not the right thing to do when you daven be a There's really no rationale to justify that. The point in shul is because you have a minion together and, and otherwise people end up davening be a But when we're davening be a anyway, you should not daven ma'ariv before the zman. The earliest zman you can daven ma'ariv is about 40 minutes. Uh, better to wait 45 minutes or so, but essentially you can start davening from 40 minutes, and if you daven that 40 minutes, you can say shkia, you can say I'm sorry, serious Imer without a problem, and essentially you don't make it in your yait, so you don't have to say kriyashma again. Obviously, it's a nice thing to say kriyashma again to get the later zman, but that's what everybody should really be waiting for. You should be davening marav um, bizman. Now, on Erev Shabbos, if you want to make early Shabbos, then you are allowed to do what we do always, which is to daven mincha before plag. And to daven marav after plug, and then to repeat kriyashma and shvirus uh later. You're allowed to do that. Uh, I will suggest, though, what you could do is you can daven mincha after plug, like regular, and then start your suda, say Kabbalah Shabbos, accept Shabbos, and start your suda right away. As long as it's still daytime outside, not shkia yet, you're allowed to start your suda. And then once, even though it turns night, you don't have to be mafsi, you don't have to stop. 
in order to have Maravan to say serious Imer. I, I was telling this to someone who was accusing me of taking on um, conservative customs. <laughs> I, was, I was familiar that that's uh, what they do in conservative shuls. I think they probably drive home and then drive back, whatever. Anyway, this is L'Chadchili, you're allowed to do this. And uh, it's a good thing to do. If you're going to make early Shabbos, instead of davening Marav early, and then you, you know, you're saying Kriyosh Meshulay Bismane, and etc., no reason to do that. You can dab Mincha, and if you miss plug, you just dab Mincha after. Start your Suda. Sekabal Shabbos, Bimikabal Shabbos, light and air is everything, and start your, start your Suda. And then when you finish your Suda, then you dab Marv and say, um, Sviris Eimer, as, as usual. So that's, that's a thing to do. Once it's after Shkiel already, then it becomes a little questionable because that's a suffix and that's already a Shaila and Desman. So then you should probably uh, wait. Uh, but, and you know, again, you could. You're allowed to dab marv. Then also, I'm not going to say you, if everybody, everybody's hungry, you can dab marv. Then, but the best way to do this, I'm just saying, is is that the best way is to dab mincha, start yisuda while it's still daytime. If you're making early Shabbos anyway, that's not a big deal. And this way, you know, you can dab marv isman, and no reason to dab before. Obviously, make sure you don't forget. <laughs> you know that could that could happen, but you could forget uh, Krishna and uh, say, to say Krishna and Sphere again. Also, so just make sure you don't forget. But this is something that's muta to do lechatchila. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a moment. Now, <clears throat> as, uh, as you just mentioned, and as I mentioned earlier, when we don't have a Zman Kavua for Tvila, we don't have a Minyan Kavua that we always daven in a special time, in Shul, which is important, so then the issue is that you're really not allowed to do anything before davening Mincha once the Zman Mincha comes. You're not allowed to do anything once the Zman Marav comes before you, un- un- unless... You know, uh, you have to dab first. Now, what are the things you're not allowed to do? The things you're not allowed to do is um, you're not allowed to have a suda kavur, which means washing and having a proper suda. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to take a shower. You're not allowed to take a haircut. And you're not supposed to really do malacha. You're not supposed to start working. So all those things you're not allowed to do once it becomes mantvila. Now, obviously, the best thing to do is to daven right away, right? As soon as it becomes mantvila, daven. That's, that's the mo- most most ideal, most halachically correct thing to do. However, as I would love to say I do that, but I don't. And it's very hard, you know. Uh, this man comes, who knows what you're in the middle of, who knows what's going on in your house. It's not, it doesn't always work that you can daven then. So, but that's a problem. So what do you do? Now, actually, what I mentioned before, you know, if you started your meal, the pseudo, let's say, the Arab Shabbos, so then that's different because since you started beheter, you started it by daytime, you don't have to be mafsik to daven mar, but then you, that's because you started it by day. But I'm talking about, you know, a regular day. It's, it's the middle of the day, it's man mincha, you're not ready to, to stop working, you're not ready to, or you're, middle, you're not even allowed to learn once it's man mincha or zman mar. So what can you do? How do you do? Now also you should realize this is also very relevant on uh, Arab Shabbos, because typically what do we do? We take our haircuts, we take our showers, uh, even though it's man mincha. Why are we allowed to do that? The only reason we're allowed to do that is because we have a zman kavua to daven. We have a special time to dab it in shul together with a minion. But being that we don't have that now, you're not allowed to take a shower before you dab mincha Arab Shabbos. You're not allowed to take a haircut. And, and you know, everybody dabs mincha later on Arab Shabbos. You dab them before, the, before you're ready to be Mikabal Shabbos. So really, the only, the only true etzah, the only way out of this is to appoint a shimer. So the way you do this, really the, the right way to do this, and this is really what we should all do, because this is a good way to make sure we don't forget to dab in, is to get a 
make a zman kavua to daven. Make a time that you'll daven. Figure out some time that'll work for you that you'll most likely be able to daven. Won't necessarily always work, but you know, try to make it work. Find, let's say, for argument's sake, 9.30 p.m. is when you're going to daven marv, right? So that's a good time. It's already after. Everybody's gone to sleep, let's say. 9.30 p.m. And then what you do is you set an alarm or a point of shimer. So either get your wife to remind you, get someone to remind you, or set an alarm. That works too. The only thing is, it only works if you actually do it, if you actually dive in when that alarm goes off. If you don't, then you can't rely on an alarm as a shimer if you're not going to dive in then. But if you do that, then that works. So that's what you could do. You can set, make a set time when you're going to dive mincha, make a set time when you're going to dive marv, and then set an alarm or have someone appointed that will remind you. Then you have a shimer, and then it's l'chachile, you could do that. And you should do that for Arab Shabbos as well. Set an alarm, make the time, you know, Arab Shabbos, you could have a different time. You know, you'll make the, the time by the zman that you're planning on davening mincha, set an alarm, and then daven when that alarm goes off. Then you're okay. But that's very important to realize. You do have to have a time, and you do have to set an alarm or make a shimer. Otherwise, you really can't do any of those things that we mentioned earlier. You could eat. I mean, as long as you're not washing, you could eat shahakal, hadam, etc. Those are okay. But it's more relevant that you can't be working and you can't learn and there's a lot of things you can't do. So this is the way we should be setting up our day. And you can, you know, set your alarm. You don't have to set your alarm every day. You can have a recurring alarm. But again, the point is just you, sh- you should do it. You should actually daven when that alarm goes off. So that's what I have to say about Zmane Tfila. Again, uh, we began with remembering to daven before Zman Kriyashma as best as possible and certainly before Zman Tfila. Um, <clears throat> then we talked about when Zman Mincha begins and up to when Mincha be davened and then how to schedule your Marav and Arab Shabbos. And we now discuss that you have to have a set time with an alarm, with a reminder when to daven mincha and marav so that you don't run into the problem of doing mulacha and other things before mincha and before marav. Now let's move on to makam tefillah. Ideally, a person should create a makam kavua. The same way you have a makam kavua in shul, you should have a makam kavua at home. Now that we're davening at home, we should create a makam kavua. Same place, daven in the same place every day. It's a big maila, it's a big schus in tefillah and we can use every one schos that we can get. Another thing, it's a, if you're finding this place, Makam Kavua, you should find a place where there's nothing in between you and the wall. Now, when I say there's nothing in between you and the wall, I mean something that can be moved around. Like there should be no chair in between you and the wall or another thing, uh, something which is attached to the wall, like a bookcase, a farm shank, that's not an issue. Or something that's always there, like a, something that's Kavua there is fine. But uh, otherwise, you should find a place that's directly against a wall. It's interesting. The place where we learn this from is from Chizkiyo HaMelech. Chizkiyo HaMelech was given, got sick. He got a, a terrible illness. He was going to die in a very short time, a few days. And Yishaya Navi told him, you're going to die. And he said, I know from Davin HaMelech, I have a Messiah that I don't care what you say, you can always Davin HaShem and the, the Gezerah, the decree, can, evil decree can always be taken back. So uh, he davened, and the Pasuk says, He turned his face to the wall, and Chazal learned from this, There should be nothing in between you and the wall. It's somehow, it's a more direct connection to HaKadosh Baruch I imagine the Pashup Shad is, is that it, it influences your Kavana. It helps you have that feeling that it's just you and Hashem there. So uh, it's just so much more, uh, poignant in the time that we're in now when so many people are suffering from illness and sickness 
that uh, this is something to be makbed on. Again, if possible, try to find a, a place to daven that meets this criteria. A window with shades count as the wall. A window with shades does count as the wall. Uh, although, I was going to mention, you shouldn't daven in front of an open window that you're not supposed to do because that can distract your kavana. Likewise, you shouldn't daven in front of a mirror because that can distract your kavana. But yes, a window with shades definitely uh, qualifies as a wall. Okay, so that's as far as where you should be davening. Now, as far as the place itself, what's good for davening? Now, uh, one thing to realize is that let's say you're davening and a, a baby, a child is crying uh, and there's no one else who can pick up that baby and, and take care of the baby. The halacha is you're allowed to pick up the baby, you're allowed to shush the baby in the middle of davening, you're allowed to, you know, you can do what's necessary to attend to the issue. And the reason is because while a baby is crying, you cannot have kavana. So you're in the middle of, I'm talking about even a middle of Esrei, you're middle of Esrei, and the baby is screaming, and you know what the baby needs, the baby, baby needs a bottle, needs a pacifier, you can't daven, you, Pasha can't have kavana while the baby is crying. The halach is, you can even go out of your place and give the baby a pacifier and then walk back. You can go out of your place, give the baby, change the diaper if you have to, and then wash your hands. All those things are allowed because otherwise you simply won't be able to be mechaven. So that's allowed, and it's important to realize that. And you should do that because otherwise you actually, you won't be mechaven, and you'll just zip through Shemana Esrei without being able to focus at all. So that's number one, a good thing to know. That's, a, that's also considered like it's part, that's like your shtender. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. You can have a shtender, anything that's serving your tefillah, that's not considered a hefzik in between you and the wall. That works as well. Yeah. So, now, going into uh, what about worrying about the fact that a baby has a, uh, a dirty diaper. So, the halacha is, is that if you have no reason to assume the baby has a dirty diaper, you don't have to assume. You can assume that they are clean. Now, obviously, if a long time has passed before, before, since the last time the baby was changed, and you're aware of that, and you're aware that the baby has some kind of schedule, so like every, whatever it is, two hours, three hours, you, at that point, you should assume, and, you know, that would be considered a pshia, that would be considered negligent not to check. But, in a typical situation where you have no reason to assume that the baby is dirty, you don't. You don't have to assume so, and you're allowed to daven, and if you find out afterwards that the baby was, did have a dirty diaper, it's fine. You weren't over anything, and your tefillah is kosher, and you don't need to daven, daven again. But, what if you are in the middle of davening, you're in the middle of Kriyashma benching, a bracha, and you realize your baby has a dirty diaper. You smell, you see, whatever it is. Now you know, you're in the middle, right? in the middle of a Hayyam Shemaya, and you see your baby has a dirty diaper. What to do now? So now, we have to go through a few of these halachas, you have to remember them. Let's go through them. Number one, if the baby is less than three months old, no problem. That diaper is not an issue. Number two, if the baby is older than three months, so then it really depends. Is the baby eating solid foods or even semi-solid foods like oatmeal or rice cereal? Once the baby starts eating those at a regular pace, which means that the baby eats it at a, in a normal amount of time that it takes to eat those things, then the diaper becomes a problem. So number one is that if the baby is too young, either less than three months or not eating real solid foods, the diaper is not an issue at all. If the diaper is just wet, also not a problem, as long as there's no smell, even if you're holding the baby, as long as there's no smell, you can daven. If you can smell the diaper, you most certainly can't daven and you can't bench, again, once, once the baby's old enough. And if you do, you would have to repeat benching and repeat davening or kriyashma because it's bidyevit, it's not a tefillah. If you daven it in a makam where there's tzoy, in a place where there's something disgusting. Now, if you can't smell the diaper, but let's say your baby's in a car seat or whatever, on the other side of the room, and you know if you go closer, you will smell it. 
but you're far enough that you don't smell it. So what you're really supposed to do is be six or eight feet away from the last place where you could smell it. So let's say your baby's all the way at the end of the room. Halfway in the middle of the room is where you don't smell it anymore. From that point, you're supposed to distance yourself another four feet, another, I'm sorry, six or eight feet. That's the chachila what you're supposed to do. Now, you might not have a room big enough for that. So if you're in the middle of Shemana Esrei and... Um, you can't smell it, so some place can hold that you are allowed to, but the fact is that the majority disagree. They hold that you have to be marchik, you have to distance yourself six to eight feet from the place where you can last smell it. So again, uh, if you did it anyway, you won't dab it again in this case, because there are a number of places that hold that you yaitze. So in this case, if you did it anyway, you wouldn't dab it again, but l'chachil is not what you should do. You should actually move away so that you don't, hear, you don't smell... Uh, the smell. Uh, if the smell is being dispersed, let's say you have a fan on or you have an air freshener, so in that case you could be makel, and as long as you don't smell it, uh, you're you are um, okay. <clears throat> if the diaper doesn't smell, uh, although you know the baby is dirty, but it simply doesn't smell, it's like let's say the baby made very little, so then you are allowed to daven even next to the baby because being that it's covered and it doesn't have any smell, so you're allowed to daven and bench. If you have a potty in the room, even if it's clean, you can't bench or daven while it's in your sight. It needs to be covered. Uh, the potties that have an insert, which is removed, and that has its own cover or it's not there right now, so then that's fine. In other words, the outside case is not the problem. It's where the tzaya actually goes into is the issue. So as long as that's out or that's covered, you're okay. The rest of the, the contraption doesn't have to be covered. A garbage pail itself is not a problem. You can daven next to a garbage pail. Not that that's the most ideal place to daven, but you're allowed to daven next to a garbage pail as long as there's no bad smell emanating from it. But again, if there is a bad smell coming out of the garbage can, then it's the same like a diaper and you need to distance yourself six to eight feet from where the smell ends. Okay, so that's about the bad smell and everything. Now let's talk about proper attire by davening, which is, I see, become a big challenge in this time that we're, uh, that we're going through. So it's important to realize there's a distinction between davening Shemana Esrei and simply making a bracha, uh, even saying Kriyoshma. Davening Shemana Esrei requires proper attire. that You can't stand in front of Hashem unless you're dressed respectably. And this includes wearing a hat if you normally wear a hat, and this includes wearing shoes. Very important. Mr. Bruce says you have to wear shoes and socks is not enough. You have to put something on your, it doesn't have your shoes, it could be cracks, whatever. But you see, he says you should not dive in, in socks. Shmanasre. There's an interesting line, and that's Simon. Just hap- I just happened to notice it now. That's Simon that talks about how you dress Shmanasre, that all the way to end. The Ramah writes that if it's a Shas Zam, Shas Zam means, a Zam means a time when Hashem is exhibiting, demonstrating anger, one should clasp his hands together like this. You shouldn't go like this, by the way. I'll pick Kabbalah. You should go like this. He should clasp his hands together while davening, like a servant who's humble in front of his master. You should daven like this. Just, just saying. It seems relevant, so it's interesting. Interesting thing, interesting line over there in the Ramah. There's another simon in Shulchan Aruch. I'm not going to go into all the details. It's simon Sadi Zayin, 97. You can look it up. That all the things you're not allowed to do in the middle of Shemana Esrei, basically the rule is whatever you wouldn't be doing in front of other people whatever bodily functions and and actions you would not take in front of other people because it's rude it's disrespectful 
you're not allowed to do that in Middle Shemana Esrei either. Even though you're all alone, no one's around, it's disrespectful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if you want to know the details, you can check it up in Simen Sadi Zayin, uh, 97 in uh, First Chelek of Mishabura. Okay, so that's Shemana Esrei and davening. A person should be dressed properly in order to daven. But let's say you wake up, you realize at uh, 12 o'clock at night and you're ready in your pajamas. And... Uh, you realize you didn't say sphere, right? So this happened to everybody. So you want to get up, you have to make a bracha, right? That's not davening, it's sphere, it's a bracha, it's a mitzvah. Of course, the best thing, it's a covet for the mitzvah, you should go down, put on a robe, dress properly, put on your hat, whatever, and say the bracha of, of sphere, but if you're half asleep, that might be a little bit too much of a uh, nusayim. So what is the minimum necessary in order just to be able, be able to make a bracha? So there's a halacha of layir b'cha erves davar, that you're not allowed to be unclothed when you make a bracha, and there's something that's an Isidar Raisa, and there's something that's Isidar Abana. The Isidar Raisa is if there's erva, which means that your private parts or someone else's private parts, which we'll get to, are unclothed, child as well, are uncovered. So you can't make a bracha minatayra if your own private parts are uncovered, or if there is a child in front of you who's old enough whose private parts are uncovered. You cannot make a bracha minatayra. There's a Durabban on Halacha that it can't be Libai Raya Esa Erva. So if you're wearing uh, just a robe, uh, let's say, and you're not wearing underwear or anything under it, you're just wearing a robe, which is much more relevant uh, by women generally, so you need to do a hefsik. You need to put on a belt or you can hug the robe against yourself so that there's a hefsik between your heart. So your heart's, I guess, like uh, over here. So you have to be mafsik. So it shouldn't be libai raya es ha'erva. You're covered, but you have to have a, a, a belt or something else being mafsik. Now typically you're wearing underwear, you're wearing pants. That's not relevant, but those are the two halachas. There's a halacha, you can't make a bracha seeing an erva, your own or someone else's. That's an isa And you can't, midarabana, there has to be a hefsik in between your, your lave and your erva in order to be able to make a bracha. Once those two conditions are fulfilled, you can make a bracha. You're allowed to make a bracha. And I will say even l'chadchila. Again, a hidr mitzvah, the way a person should do a mitzvah is properly dressed. You should show respect to the mitzvah. But it's not b'dyevet. L'chadchila, you can make a bracha as long as those two requirements are fulfilled. Now, more relevant is when you have a child that's, not, uh, that, that, that's uncovered. So the age is as follows. For a girl from three years old and up, for a boy from nine-year-olds and up. So once a boy is nine and he's not wearing pants and his, uh, his private parts are uncovered, it's an isidaraisa to make a bracha. He has to either go away or you could turn away. But turning away doesn't just mean the head. You have to turn your whole body away in order to be able to make the bracha. And then you don't have that problem anymore of uh, seeing erva. But if you make a bracha seeing erva, that's an isidaraisa. That's a big deal. Um, now, again, this is not specifically, uh, this is really always, but when uh, your wife is the same issue, is, there's a machlaikas about it, but typically a person should be makbid, that is why it should not make a bracha facing his wife if his wife is not sanua in the typical fashion, including the hair covered. So you shouldn't make a bracha facing your wife unless she is sanua. Okay, let's talk about nusach um, what to include and what not to include when davening. So, uh, first of all, everybody, Tachnon came back. <laughs> so you got to say Tachnon. Tachnon is back, back in business. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sorry to say, but you, you thought, the thought process was that 
that uh, the no tachnan of Chodesh Nisan was wasted this year. <laughs> we weren't even in shul, but what can you do? Anyway, now it's here. We're back in business. You have to say tachnan. So you say tachnan. You don't put down your head, obviously, because there's no safer terror, but you should be sitting. You should sit when you say tachnan. Uh, and Monday and Thursday, no shortcuts. Got to say the whole thing. The whole tachnan uh, ha'aruch, you say that as well. No, I mean, you know, do what you want, but it's, there's no difference whether you're in shul or not. You're supposed to say that whole tachnon as well. On Shabbos, on Shabbos, although there's no kriyas at Torah, there's an Indian. It's not a chiyu, but there's an Indian to, to say the parsha, to lay in the parsha if possible, just say it from a chumash, to read through it, uh, say it during that time when you normally would hear kriyas at Torah. If your wife could listen, even better. Um, truly, we should. You know, you need to do that anyway. You need to do shnayim mikra, right? You have to be mavrasedras. So. Time it that, so just do it that way, you know, do whenever it is that you normally do your chumash, do one chumash, one, one targum, and then save the one mikra for when normally would be kriyas haftarah, and this way you're mekayim this inyan. There's actually an inyan to read the haftarah as well, like last week it would be to read the parsha in the Torah of Rosh Chodesh, and to read the haftarah, last week was a Shemayim Kisi, um, this week is going to be the parsha, the, the haftarah, actually it's interesting, uh, typically, when two parashiyas are together, you do the the haftira of the second parasha, right? Let's say Tazriya Mitzayra, you would have done the haftira of Mitzayra. Achrimais Kedoshim is an exception. We do generally the haftira of Achrimais. It's an interesting reason because the haftira of Kedoshim is very negative about Klal Yisrael. And even though the Haftar of Achimais also has some things that are negative, but that's not the focus. And it says nice things about Klai Yisrael too. But the Haftar of Kedashim, there's actually a big tumult about it. Like, why, who selected this as the Haftar? I think Svarim don't even use that Haftar at all. So, anyway, that's why Achimais Kedashim, we actually do the Haftar of Achimais, not of Kedashim. It's good to read the Haftar as well. Now there's no pressure, there's no tzibur around. You can practice reading the Haftaris. It's always hard. The Ivra is not so easy. The, the pronunciation and those words in Tanakh aren't the easiest thing. It's a good time to get to, to work on the practice of those things. The first Yukim Purkim can be said. The other two should be skipped, says it in the Archibald Siddur, because those, those are on, only intended to be said with a tzibur. Kiddush Levana. Always, you know, it's, everybody knows this, but it's good to know, remember Kiddush Levana can only begun to be said, you can only begin saying Kiddush Levana if it's at least three full days after the Moilad. Now, you might know when the Moilad is, or you could check it online, or you might not. So wait, either way, if you don't know, wait three days from Rosh and then on Gimel you can begin saying Kiddush Levana. Kiddush Levana can be said until... Uh, the fifteenth day after the Moilad, again in Eretz Yisrael, so that's also a hard calculation. Try to find it out online when it is the final time you can say Kiddush Levana. Even in our situation, it's still an ideal thing to say Kiddush Levana Matzah Shabbos. You're wearing Shabbos clothing. You're more bekavadig. That's the right time to say Kiddush Levana. But check the weather to see if that's going to be an option. Obviously, if it's supposed to be rainy and overcast, and there's no reason to wait, better to say it earlier than later. Um, when you in Kiddush Levana, you say everything as normal except for the Shalom Aleichem. If there's no one around, then there's no reason to say Shalom Aleichem three times. Truth is, there's no reason to say Shalom Aleichem at all. The only reason we say Shalom Aleichem in Kiddush Levana is because we say Tipol Aleichem and Masav Afachad Bigdal Tidnu Ka'aven Avachikiv Ka'aven. So we say uh, that they should be struck by fear and they should fall like a stone, your enemies. So we want to clarify that we're not referring to the people around us. We're not referring to the Yidden that are around us, referring to the, our enemies, the non-Jews that are our enemies. So that's why we say, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, so it's not you. But if you're not saying, if no one around, then really there's no reason to say Shalom Aleichem at all. 
if you have people out with you, and ideally a person should say Kiddush Levana with people, so if you can have your children join you, that's an option. So then that's better. So the minimum of three people is ideal. And then obviously you could say Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem. But otherwise, if you want to, you can say it. You're not over anything. I'm just saying you don't have to say it. You're not meant to, it's, it's not meant to be said unless there are people around. Women, by the way, uh, uh, you know, if they want to join in Kiddush Levana, women actually are not, not supposed to say Kiddush Levana. Uh, it's not only that it's a mitzvah say Shizman Grama, which is something the Magan Ram talks about, so they're not obligated, but this is different. This is actually not supposed to say it. The reason is Api Kabbalah. Uh, I don't exactly understand it, but this is one of the things that women, even if they want to, they're actually not supposed to. So what have we talked about? We talked about the Makam Tefillah, um, that your Makam Tefillah, you should be Kaveya Makam Tefillah, you should try to locate a place where there's nothing in between you, nothing that's, that's normally there, or nothing that's serving you in your davening, like your standard. Otherwise, there should be nothing between you and the wall. If you can, make sure the place is free of tzaya, of anything bad smelling, and we went through the details of what qualifies as a dirty diaper. The baby has to be old enough, has to be eating... Um, uh, solid foods, it has to have a bad smell. Once there's a bad smell, you're supposed to distance yourself six feet from where the bad smell ends and uh, then go on a davening. Um, the, then, then we talked about that there can't be, you have to, for Shemana Esri, you have to be fully clothed with shoes on in order to daven Shemana Esri in a respectable way. Um, uh, but for a bracha, as long as your private parts are covered and you're, there's something um, being mafsig between Liba and Erba, you're okay. And um, and and then we talked about uh, that. But if there's children that are uncovered, if a nine-year-old boy or a three-year-old girl, that's an isidaraisi. You have to either turn totally away or see to it that they cover themselves. Davening, remember to say tachnon and try to say kriya satira if you can. Only say the first you can prokem and remember how to say kiddush levana properly. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu help all of us that in the schus of keeping the halachas of tefillah be medaktig bahalacha, which is a very important thing, Lord, to, to do, when you do a mitzvah and be your medaktig bahalacha, it gives a great chashivas to the mitzvah, it demonstrates your shemayim, that we care that the halacha should be done properly, it's, uh, the, the, there was a pasik that we learned on Shabbos HaGadol, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want the karbanis that Klai Yisrael brought because they weren't being keeping the halachas. They brought piseach, they brought iver, they brought the karbanis that weren't that weren't roi. They they had mumin or they weren't the best that they had, and that was that's a big deal. So being medaktik and halacha, doing it properly, doing it the way Hashem wants us to do with the, with with covet and with honor and with respect, gives a tremendous amount of chashivas to tefillah and also attributes a lot to Hashem listening and accepting our tefillah. So may the schus of being medaktik and hilchas tefillah be as close that all our tefillah should be in Kabul, and this magefa, this pandemic should end, it should end Kaharaf Ayin, and hopefully it should end Kaharaf Ayin with B.S. Mashiach Tzikeinu, Meherbi Yomenu, Amen. Have a good night. Thank you. Yes.